Section 20 of Optics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Krantz. Optics by Isaac Newton. Book 2. Part 1. Observations 7 through 16. Observation 7. The rings were least when my eye was placed perpendicularly over the glasses in the axis of the rings, and when I viewed them obliquely they became bigger, continually swelling as I removed my eye farther from the axis, and partly by measuring the diameter of the same circle at several obliquities of my eye, partly by other means, as also by making use of the two prisms for very great obliquities, I found its diameter and consequently the thickness of the air at its perimeter in all those obliquities to be very nearly in the proportions expressed in this table. Angle of incidence on the air, zero degrees, zero minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, zero degrees, zero minutes. Diameter of the ring, ten parts. Thickness of the air, ten parts. Angle of incidence on the air, six degrees, twenty-six minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 10 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 10 and 1 thirteenth parts. Thickness of the air, 10 and 2 thirteenths parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 12 degrees, 45 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 20 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 10 and 1 third parts. Thickness of the air, 10 and 2 thirds parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 18 degrees, 49 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 30 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 10 and 3 quarter parts. Thickness of the air, 11 and 1 half parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 24 degrees, 30 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 40 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 11 and 2 fifths parts. Thickness of the air, 13 parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 29 degrees, 37 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 50 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 12 and 1 half parts. Thickness of the air, 15 and 1 half parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 33 degrees, 58 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 60 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 14 parts. Thickness of the air, 20 parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 35 degrees, 47 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 65 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 15 and 1 quarter parts. Thickness of the air, 23 and 1 quarter parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 37 degrees, 19 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 70 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 16 and 4 fifths parts. Thickness of the air, 28 and 1 quarter parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 38 degrees, 33 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 75 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 19 and 1 quarter parts. Thickness of the air, 37 parts. Angle of incidence on the air, 39 degrees, 27 minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, 80 degrees, 0 minutes. Diameter of the ring, 22 and 6 sevenths parts. 
thickness of the air, fifty-two and one-quarter parts. Angle of incidence on the air, forty degrees, zero minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, eighty-five degrees, zero minutes. Diameter of the ring, twenty-nine parts. Thickness of the air, eighty-four and one-twelfth parts. Angle of incidence on the air, forty degrees, eleven minutes. Angle of refraction into the air, ninety degrees, zero minutes. Diameter of the ring, thirty-five parts. Thickness of the air, one hundred and twenty-two and a half parts. In the two first columns are expressed the obliquities of the incident and emergent rays to the plate of the air, that is, their angles of incidence and refraction. In the third column, the diameter of any colored ring at those obliquities is expressed in parts, of which ten constitute that diameter when the rays are perpendicular. And in the fourth column, the thickness of the air at the circumference of that ring is expressed in parts, of which also ten constitute its thickness when the rays are perpendicular. And from these measures I seem to gather this rule, that the thickness of the air is proportional to the secant of an angle whose sign is a certain mean proportional between the signs of incidence and refraction, and that mean proportional, so far as by these measures I can determine it, is the first of an hundred and six arithmetical mean proportionals between those signs counted from the bigger sign, that is, from the sign of refraction, when the refraction is made out of the glass into the plate of air, or from the sign of incidence when the refraction is made out of the plate of air into the glass. Observation 8. The dark spot in the middle of the rings increased also by the obliquation of the eye, although almost insensibly. But if instead of the object glasses the prisms were made use of, its increase was more manifest when viewed so obliquely that no colors appeared about it. It was least when the rays were incident most obliquely on the interjacent air, and as the obliquity decreased, it increased more and more until the colored rings appeared, and then decreased again, but not so much as it increased before. And hence it is evident that the transparency was not only at the absolute contact of the glasses, but also where they had some little interval. I have sometimes observed the diameter of that spot to be between half and two-fifth parts of the diameter of the exterior circumference of the red in the first circuit or revolution of colors, when viewed almost perpendicularly, whereas when viewed obliquely it hath wholly vanished and become opaque and white, like the other parts of the glass. Whence it may be collected that the glasses did then scarcely or not at all touch one another, and that their interval at the perimeter of that spot, when viewed perpendicularly, was about a fifth or sixth part of their interval at the circumference of the said red. Observation 9. By looking through the two contiguous object glasses, I found that the interjacent air exhibited rings of colors, as well by transmitting light as by reflecting it. The central spot was now white, and from it the order of the colors were yellowish-red, black, violet, blue, white, yellow, red, violet, blue, green, yellow, red, etc. But these colors were very faint and dilute, unless when the light was trajected very obliquely through the glasses. For by that means they became pretty vivid. Only the first yellowish red, like the blue in the fourth observation, was so little and faint as scarcely to be discerned. 
Comparing the colored rings made by reflection with these made by transmission of the light, I found that white was opposite to black, red to blue, yellow to violet, and green to a compound of red and violet. That is, those parts of the glass were black when looked through, which when looked upon appeared white, and on the contrary. And so those which in one case exhibited blue did in the other case exhibit red, and the like of the other colors. The manner you have represented in the third figure, where A, B, C, D are the surfaces of the glasses contiguous at E, and the black lines between them are their distances in arithmetical progression, and the colors written above are seen by reflected light, and those below by light transmitted. Observation 10. Wetting the object glasses a little at their edges, the water crept in slowly between them and the circles thereby became less and the colors more faint, insomuch that as the water crept along one half of them at which it first derived would appear broken off from the other half, and contracted into a less room. By measuring them I found the proportions of their diameters to the diameters of the like circles made by air to be about seven to eight, and consequently the intervals of the glasses at like circles, caused by those two mediums, water and air, are as about three to four. Perhaps it may be a general rule that if any other medium more or less dense than water be compressed between the glasses, their intervals at the rings caused thereby will be to their intervals caused by interjacent air, as the signs are which measure the refraction made out of that medium into air. Observation 11. When the water was between the glasses, if I pressed the upper glass variously at its edges to make the rings move nimbly from one place to another, a little white spot would immediately follow the center of them, which upon creeping in of the ambient water into that place would presently vanish. Its appearance was such as interjacent air would have caused, and it exhibited the same colors. But it was not air, for where any bubbles of air were in the water they would not vanish. The reflection must have rather been caused by a subtler medium, which could recede through the glasses at the creeping in of the water. Observation 12. These observations were made in the open air, but farther to examine the effects of colored light falling on the glasses, I darkened the room, and viewed them by reflection of the colors of a prism cast on a sheet of white paper, my eye being so placed that I could see the colored paper by reflection in the glasses, as in a looking-glass. And by this means the rings became distincter and visible to a far greater number than in the open air. I have sometimes seen more than twenty of them, whereas in the open air I could not discern above eight or nine. Observation 13. Appointing an assistant to move the prism to and fro about its axis, that all the colors might successively fall on that part of the paper which I saw by reflection from that part of the glasses, where the circles appeared, so that all the colors might be successively reflected from the circles to my eye, whilst I held it immovable, I found the circles which the red light made to be manifestly bigger than those which were made by the blue and violet, and it was very pleasant to see them gradually swell or contract accordingly, as the color of the light was changed. The interval of the glasses at any of the rings when they were made by the utmost red light was to their interval at the same ring when made by the utmost violet greater than as three to two, and less than as thirteen to eight. 
By the most of my observations it was as fourteen to nine, and this proportion seemed very nearly the same in all obliquities of my eye, unless when two prisms were made use of instead of the object-glasses. For then at a certain great obliquity of my eye the rings made by the several colors seemed equal, and at a greater obliquity those made by the violet would be greater than the same rings made by the red. The refraction of the prism in this case, causing the most refrangible rays to fall more obliquely on that plate of the air than the least refrangible ones. Thus the experiment succeeded in the colored light, which was sufficiently strong and copious to make the rings sensible. And thence it may be gathered that if the most refrangible and least refrangible rays had been copious enough to make the rings sensible without the mixture of other rays, the proportion which here was fourteen to nine would have been a little greater, suppose fourteen and a quarter, or fourteen and a third to nine. Observation 14. Whilst the prism was turned about its axis with an uniform motion to make all the several colors fall successively upon the object glasses, and thereby to make the rings contract and dilate, the contraction or dilatation of each ring thus made by the variation of its color was swiftest in the red, and slowest in the violet, and in the intermediate colors it had intermediate degrees of celerity. Comparing the quantity of contraction and dilatation made by all the degrees of each color, I found that it was greatest in the red, less in the yellow, still less in the blue, and least in the violet. And to make as just an estimation as I could of the proportions of the contractions or dilatations, I observed that the whole contraction or dilatation of the diameter of any ring made by all the degrees of red was to that of the diameter of the same ring made by all the degrees of violet, as about four to three, or five to four, and that when the light was of the middle color between yellow and green, the diameter of the ring was very nearly an arithmetical mean between the greatest diameter of the same ring made by the outmost red and the least diameter thereof made by the outmost violet. Contrary to what happens in the colors of the oblong spectrum made by the refraction of a prism where the red is most contracted, the violet most expanded, and in the midst of all the colors is the confine of green and blue, and hence I seem to collect that the thicknesses of the air between the glasses there where the ring is successively made by the limits of the five principal colors, red, yellow, green, blue, violet, in order, that is, by the extreme red, by the limit of red and yellow in the middle of the orange, by the limit of yellow and green, by the limit of green and blue, by the limit of blue and violet in the middle of the indigo, and by the extreme violet, are to one another very nearly as the sixth lengths of a chord, which found the notes in a sixth major, sol la mi fa sol la but it agrees something better with the observation to say that the thicknesses of the air between the glasses there where the rings are successively made by the limits of the seven colors red orange yellow green blue indigo violet in order are to one another as the cube roots of the squares of the eight lengths of a chord which found the notes in an eighth sol la fa sol la mi fa sol that is as the cube roots of the squares of the numbers one eight ninths five sixths three quarters two thirds three fifths nine sixteenths one half 
Observation 15. These rings were not of various colors like those made in the open air, but appeared all over of that prismatic color only with which they were illuminated. And by projecting the prismatic colors immediately upon the glasses, I found that the light which fell on the dark spaces which were between the colored rings was transmitted through the glasses without any variation of color. For on a white paper placed behind, it would paint rings of the same color with those which were reflected, and of the bigness of their immediate spaces. And from thence the origin of these rings is manifest, namely that the air between the glasses, according to its various thickness, is disposed in some places to reflect, and in others to transmit the light of any one color, as you may see represented in the fourth figure, and in the same place to reflect that of one color where it transmits that of another. Observation 16. The squares of the diameters of these rings made by any prismatic color were an arithmetical progression, as in the fifth observation, and the diameter of the sixth circle, when made by the citrine yellow and viewed almost perpendicularly, was about fifty-eight one-hundredths parts of an inch, or a little less, agreeable to the sixth observation. The precedent observations were made with a rarer thin medium terminated by a denser, such as was air or water compressed between two glasses. In those that follow are set down the appearances of a denser medium thinned within a rarer, such as are plates of Muscovy glass, bubbles of water, and some other thin substances terminated on all sides with air. End of section 20. Recording by Pamela Krantz.